Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Today, I have the amazing Hannah Beer here with me. Hannah is an amazing transformational coach and energy healer, working with ambitious women across the world to help them heal deeply and create the beautiful and successful lives that they've always wanted. Let me tell you something. This episode is freaking fire. I learned so much from Hannah when it comes to family healing and energy clearing. And she even shares a really powerful meditation towards the end of this episode that you're going to love. I'm telling you, you're going to get so much out of this. You're probably going to learn a lot of things. I know I certainly have, and I'm about to go down the rabbit hole even more. And I'm just so grateful for all of the magic she shares in this episode. So without further ado... Let's welcome Hannah onto the show. I am so excited to have you here, Hannah. Welcome to the show. I'm super pumped for you to share all of your magic with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited and honored to be here. Yeah, I feel like we're going to go in some really good places in this conversation based on our quick chat beforehand. So I'm super excited. But I would love for you to first kind of share a little bit about what you do and what got you on the path to really stepping into your purpose and doing the work that you're now doing to help others and serve others in such a powerful way? Yeah, so I now work as an energy healer and family constellation therapist, but it felt like being a healer is something that was never really on my radar until I kind of had a business. So I kind of fell into my line of work. And when I look back at my life, it's pretty obvious as to why I was guided to be a healer. Um, because I was born into a pretty traumatized family system. I had a really rough upbringing by the age of nine. I was so anorexic. And by the age of 14, I was in therapy for an anxiety disorder, extreme PTSD and depression. So it felt like I was born into my family and I kind of arrived on this planet and I was already struggling so much that I was suicidal in my teenage years and um, I was really, really struggling. And so I started therapy at the age of 14 and I stayed with my therapist until I was 18. That was when the work ended because she was a children's therapist. And I, at the age of 18, I kind of developed this belief that I couldn't be fixed because after all these years of working with my therapist, I was still not really any better. I was still, it was so hard for me to live. I looked into the future and I didn't really know anyone who felt the way I did and who successfully overcame my struggles. Um, I knew of people who became addicted to drugs or who died really young or who just stayed in that space, but I didn't really know anybody who who really thrived in spite of their circumstances. In addition to that, 
I didn't really have an idea of being okay. It felt like I was born and I already had all these mental health issues. So I didn't even have a reference point of what it was like to be a healthy human being. Mm. My therapist said, oh, you'll be okay again. And I looked at her. I was like, I don't know what okay is. I just don't remember. So at the age of 18, I moved to a different city and I started looking for new therapists and Every single therapist I talked to said that my case was too severe, that they could put me on medication or they could put me in a closed institution, but there was really no cure for what I had. And so until that point, I thought that I had had many low points, but that was a low point of a different in a different way because I really needed to decide for myself if I was going to believe that there was no future for me in a way or if I was going to just keep on going anyway. And since I'm still here, you might, you might be able to guess what I chose. Wow. Wow. It sounds like it's been a long journey for you. Definitely. For all of us. (laughs) Yeah. So it really feels like now when I look back at my life, I'm like, well, if there's one thing I know, it's how to be happy and how to overcome my odds. It's like basically what life taught me was healing. Mm. And I also think because of the fact that I've really seen the worst in life, like there's nothing that can shock me. So when I first started my healing practice, I was on my way to become the CEO of a company. And like I was on the fashion route and I wanted to change the world through fashion and stuff, but I was still so deep in depression. Um, and all of a sudden I felt this urge to kind of just try and see if I could heal myself. So at one point I just woke up and I thought to myself, I can't keep on living like this. It was after a night of being very drunk and just taking tons of drugs and just dancing. And I woke up the next day. I was like, this has to stop. Like I know I was born into pretty, into circumstances that weren't necessarily stacked in my favor, but I also never chose that I was going to, try and live. Like I never really took responsibility for my life and at least tried. I was always kind of leaning out of life and having one foot in, one foot out. Mm. So in my early twenties, I just thought to myself, you know, all those adults are saying that I can't heal, but I've never actually tried myself. So I started studying the nervous system and the brain and family systems and psychology and all these things. And I started feeling better. I was still far from being healed. Like I was still far from being okay in life. Like I had no idea how to do money, how to do love, how to do friendships, how to do career. Like I had no idea. I needed to learn everything from scratch, but I was already on this upward movement. And then all of a sudden people came to me and they wanted me to help them because they said that for them, therapy hasn't been working either. Mm. So my first reaction was to say, no, I can't help you. I'm not feeling like, okay, myself, I'm still struggling with PTSD. I have no idea how the human psyche works. I'm just now starting to uncover it. But the people who came to me were so persistent that I kind of had clients before I had a business. Mm. And I like my mind, I kind of wrapped my mind around, okay, well, nobody's helping those people. I don't know what I'm doing either yet, but I really want to figure this out for myself and for other people. So it really feels like me being a healer is such an obvious thing given my past, Mm -hmm. but it took me so long to accept it. Like even years into my business, I was still like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do this. Am I really supposed to talk about trying to help them in that way? So it really feels like it's something I fell into. 
Wow. So when you were first like starting your business, like helping people, were you helping them with something else before you kind of delved into the healer route of things like coaching wise? My first thing was being a life coach. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any specific niche and people just came to me and I noticed that what most people, what, what it kind of boiled down to was some kind of a trauma or emotional thing that needed to be healed. Mm. So they came to me with external things that weren't working, their relationships or their lives, that they were just generally unhappy. And I was able to trace it back to a trauma that happened in their childhood or their family system or something like that. And so even though I didn't want to talk about those very heavy subjects, because I was conscious of the fact that I wasn't a psychiatrist, I was not supposed to talk about this, I had no training in trauma, it just felt like my clients kept coming to me with those things until again, at some point I was like, okay, this is just too obvious. I need to learn about trauma. I need to learn about family healing because this is what my clients come to me for. And it actually became weirdly a business strategy where instead of me deciding what kind of a business I was running, my clients have started to tell me. So the copy on my website is all my clients' words what I offer to my clients is all based on my clients. And it's kind of, it was kind of nice for me to take myself out of my business, like my own agenda and to just structure my business around what my clients needed. And yeah, cause otherwise I would just probably to this day, I would still sit here and try to deny um, my purpose. Wow. But obviously you're also super passionate about it as well. So it's like that aha moment of, wow, my people like really need this from me and I'm going to lean into that a bit more. Yeah. It was just a long road to accepting it because it felt like it was such a big job. Mm -hmm. It felt so intimidating. And I, my business started when I was 22 Wow. Yeah, so I got a ton of backlash as well, where people thought, what's Hannah doing? And how can she talk about those things? And how can she help those people? And I've had some women sign up to work with me who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And their last sentence before hitting the sign up button, they said, I can't believe I'm working with you. You're so young. You could be my granddaughter or you could be my daughter. But it just felt like it was so divinely orchestrated that that pull was too strong. Like my limiting beliefs or my client's limiting beliefs kind of weren't strong enough to get in the way. Mm. And I did feel that deep devotion of it being such an honor and such a huge responsibility of getting to work with a person. And in my work, I don't just work with one person. I work with their entire family system. Mm-hmm. And it was such an honor for me that I just knew that if I were to say yes to somebody being my client, that I would do whatever it takes to serve them mm-hmm. with my whole heart, even if it meant staying up at night and trying to figure out how I could help them and taking all the courses and studying. So I feel like my confidence also was bolstered up just by this hunger for trying to figure out what was going on with us. Mm. Do you work with people mostly one-on-one or do you teach about the family stuff? like in courses or? Yes, I have a couple different things. So my most popular program is the Unlimited Life Academy. It's a group program um, where over the course of six months, we basically take somebody from having maybe a slight vision of how they want their lives to go to really having them step into a life beyond their wildest dreams, really, where they're so happy, 
just, it's really about taking charge of your life and figuring this thing called life out. So you're happy, you know how to make money, you know how to have a lot of love. It's just about this, you know, stepping into your unlimited life. So this is my most popular offer. And all of my programs include family constellation therapy, um, because that's just what everybody needs. Like as long as somebody has blocks, they probably have some family stuff that needs to be healed. Wow. So I offer one-on-one coaching. Um, but the common thread throughout my work is that I always do energy work and I always do family constellations with all of my clients. Wow. Can you explain what family constellation therapy is? Yes. So it's, it's an energy healing modality. So it works. So you can think of yourself and your aura. So most people listening, they probably have a feeling of what their aura is. It's the electromagnetic field that goes around your body. You can kind of visualize it as an, as a halo. And all my life I've been so sensitive, which is probably one of the reasons why I struggled so strongly with mental illness. And my entire life, I've been able to see energies. Like when I was a little child, I saw like colors around people and like blocks in their bodies and stuff. And I knew why they weren't feeling so good, but I had no idea how to heal this. So if you think about yourself, you have an energy field around you. And um, in that energy field, one who, so if you work with a healer who's able to read your energy field, Um, we can see where your blocks are, emotional blocks, mental blocks, any major traumas, any strengths, weaknesses, anything that's going on. It's basically gives us a ton of information about who you are and why you struggle with what you struggle with. So this is your personal energy field. And then the planet has an energy field as well. And that's the energy field that we tend to call the matrix. It's the collective consciousness. And then a plant has an energy field and your heart chakra has an energy field. Um, there's so many energy fields all around the world. And there's also an energy field that um, holds your family system together. And this energy field in biology is called the morphic field. So in energy, when I say I do energy clearance with a person, it's me working on their individual energy field, kind of clearing out the clutter that tends to accumulate over the course of somebody's life. It's like taking an inner shower so all that stuff will be washed away. And in family constellation therapy, we work on the energy field of your family system. Mm. So it's the environment that you were born into. So if we take an acorn and we put it in an environment where that's very nutritious, say next to a little creek in a valley with lots of sunshine and nutritious soil, that acorn will turn into a beautiful, strong, vibrant oak tree. But if we place it on the side of a scraggly, uh, on a mountain, and it grows a little bit scraggly and it just doesn't get that much nourishment, that oak tree will look a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. The same is true for you. So depending on the family system you were born into, you developed a little differently. So family constellation therapy is all about um, healing any family dynamics and any family issues that affect you in a negative way. Mm. Are there some like common themes that you find uh, that are really affecting people when you do this work? Yeah, one of the most common and most destructive themes that I found is rejection of a parent, which is surprisingly very common in the spiritual world. Mm. 
there are many reasons why we could, why, why we would reject a parent. It could be that we were born and mom was preoccupied either because she was sick or because she had to work and, or because you were born prematurely. And then there's this break in the bond that causes us to mistrust mom. And so without even really consciously knowing why, there's just this felt sense of, I need space between mom where it could be that you've had an overly intrusive mom where she was a little bit overbearing and you felt like you didn't really have that space to, to develop you, who you were as a, on your own. And in that case, it, it's oftentimes really common too that we reject a parent. So with women, rejection of mom is very common and extremely, um, it's extremely destructive because you are half your mom and half your biological dad. This is just how nature set us up. So biologically speaking, you're half mom, half dad. And when you reject mom, you also reject parts of you. Mm. So when you say, mom um, sucks because she didn't take care of me. She smokes too much. She's a drug addict. She's way too, you know, she's obese or whatever you would criticize about her. Usually you also reject those parts of yourself. So I've never met a person, I've never had a client and never met a person who rejected their parent and at the same time had a strong sense of self-esteem. Wow. So that rejection always goes both ways. So you reject a parent and you reject yourself back. And we have so many justifications as to why we want to keep rejecting our parents. And the biggest one is that we think it holds us safe. But in reality, it just really blocks us in so many parts of our lives. And it's a huge price to pay. You know, it could be that when we really think about it, maybe your mom really does not deserve to, um, you know, to have a place back in your heart. But the price that you pay for rejecting her is a very big one. So that's something I work on a lot with my clients. Mm, How does it usually play out aside from like low self-esteem? Um, low self-esteem is like the, where the sirens kind of go off. That's such yeah. an obvious sign. It's also, it also really, um, it makes somebody's capacity to receive love very small. Mm-hmm. And it oftentimes shows in somebody's relationship to money. So when your capacity to receive love is really small because you felt like you need to protect yourself and reject people, it's kind of like you go into this contracted stance in your body like some people start to curl a little bit. They start to close off. And so money is an expression of love and well-being. Mm-hmm. So children who were able to receive a lot of love, a lot of well-being, a lot of care from their parents when they were little, usually feel completely safe receiving lots of money and having lots of wealth. Children who did not feel that tend to not have that feeling. There's a felt sense of getting all this love isn't safe. I need to reject it. So mm-hmm. we reject ourselves, reject money. Some people reject love. And the more we reject a parent, the more we also tend to follow them in negative ways. So if you really have a parent who you reject because you don't, because they have some very destructive habits, going back to the drug addict mom, if you judge her, criticize her, actively reject her, the likelihood of you following her in unconscious ways is actually much higher. So the more you resist something in the family system, the more you follow it. Like the tale of child of an alcoholic who says, I'm never, ever, ever going to be an alcoholic like my mom, and then starts um, being addicted to gambling or addicted to sex or addicted to shopping or some kind of an 
addiction. It doesn't even have to be the same one. It's because we, we, we then follow that person even more. Mm. Speaking, we need to be in connection with our parents because without them, we wouldn't survive. And so when you reject your parents, it's very likely that that rejection will play out in very destructive ways in your own life as well. Wow. This is really powerful stuff. Do you think that a lot of people, um, they don't even realize like what kind of little dysfunctions there may be? Cause it's like subconscious. Yeah, it's definitely subconscious. Another thing that was so interesting for me is back when I was in therapy, my therapist kept pointing back that all my issues came from my family all my issues came back from, came from my family, from my childhood. And so I basically sat in my therapist's office thinking, okay, cool. Now that now I know where all this stuff comes from, but what does a happy family system look like? And how can this be resolved? Like the how was something that I just didn't know about. It was like, okay, cool. So now you diagnosed me, but what do we actually do with this? So I think a lot of those dynamics are subconscious. And I also think that there's just lack of information where we just don't know. Like we don't like, cause a lot of um, the teachings in family constellation therapy are based on biological research. So just like a pack of wolves, like a wolf pack has a certain order and a certain hierarchy and certain behaviors that help the pack of wolves um, behave in a healthy way. And if one of the wolves is kind of out of order, everything balances itself out again. The same is true for humans. So that biological research does exist. Like people have asked themselves, what makes the healthy human family and what helps humans thrive? That question has been asked for thousands of years. And people have found answers to that. It's just that that knowledge is not, it's, it's not available to us. Instead, we have all those societal ideas around what should or should not happen in family systems. And even more so, many therapists um, teach those things that directly goes against the biological, you know, the research by biology Mm. that just describes how, you know, the animal called human socializes. And and how is that? Do you have like more, because this is really fascinating. I have a friend that was talking about this not that long ago, something similar where how like the whole family thing is basically a construct of how it should be. And, um, you know, you always need to put family first and like, you know, blah, 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 and stay, not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, so how biologically are humans really, I guess, do they act with their family? If that makes a sense. <laughs> I hope that question made sense. Yeah, I can give you some examples. And the tricky thing about being a family constellation therapist is that it's oftentimes very controversial mm-hmm. because those biological laws are the same across any culture. And yet different cultures have different ideas mm-hmm. of how families are supposed to function. So my clients in Turkey have different beliefs about a healthy family than my clients in more individual um, cultures like the United States is very much focused on the individual, whereas um, the Turkish culture is more focused on the community, you know, just to say it in very general terms. And so sometimes it goes very directly against what our societies tell us we should do. It's like what you said, family goes first, comes first. That's not a, that's not a belief that's um, shared with every single person on the planet. It's really something that's based on the place where we grew up. Mm. So some common things that, um, 
that we're kind of debunking as family consultation therapists. So one of them is that you should forgive your parents. So many of my clients come to me and they're like, I can't believe I have to work on my family again because I was in talk therapy for so long. My therapist told me I should just forgive my parents already and just move on. And then I always ask them like, well, has it worked? Has forgiving them worked? And my clients say, no, I still have that hole in my body and trying to stuff it with food and work and, you know, dating. And, but at the end of the day, it just feels like I'm empty inside. And I could really relate to that because my therapist had said to me, and she had many great qualities, but as humans, we're always limited. And so she didn't know any better. And she said that I should forgive my parents. And now I know that according to the biology of human family systems, that doesn't work because there's a hierarchy. So Mm -hmm. going back to the wolf pack, there's a hierarchy in the wolf pack. The same is true in a family systems. Parents should be energetically bigger than, than the children. Parents should be in the giving position and children should be in the receiving position. And so when a child says, I forgive you, mom, it makes the child bigger than they should be. Mm. This is regardless of age, because you are always going to be your parents' child, no matter what. Like biologically speaking, they gave you the gift of life, which is the greatest gift anybody could have given you. There's always going to be a party that feels indebted to them and that wants to connect with them. Mm. It's that bond that can never, ever be broken. And so it's really out of order to make yourself bigger than the parent and to to kind of forgive them for something that they've done. What's most helpful, what creates more relief for people tends to be, I take you as you are and I give back the responsibility for your choices. Mm. So we give back the responsibility that we've taken on by, you know, try because every choice that we make comes with a consequence and it also comes with a benefit. When a parent chooses to neglect their child or abuse their child, they have to live with the consequences of that decision. So it's basically about saying, I take you as you are, I give back anything that's your responsibility and the part that I played in this, I'm going to grow and learn from that. Mm. And that usually, it's like, it feels like a chiropractic alignment where things just fall back into place and everybody's in the right position again. And then love can flow and healing can flow. Mm. It's like one of the very common things that I work on with clients. Wow. Yeah. It sounds kind of like making peace with it in a sense or like letting go in a, in some kind of sense, but not like fully um, forgiving in the way that you normally think. Yeah. Because people who get into that situation are oftentimes the kinds of kids who grow up too quickly anyway who grew up with parents who weren't able to fully parent them. So they're kind of like, oh, it's fine, mom and dad. I'll be the grown up. I'll be the strong one. I'll take on all of your emotional burdens. I'll be a friend and I'll listen to you or I'll just take care of myself. It's fine. And then, of course, it doesn't feel healing when we put them even more in the role of the adult by saying you should forgive your parents. And the, the healing actually happens when the client gets to be small for a change because they probably didn't have the fortune of getting to be the child a lot in their lives. Mm. And that's an experience that's so healing to have because you just can't skip phases of development. 
And it's so good to get them back into the role of the child where they can breathe and relax. And, you know, from there, the parent is also strengthened because the best role for them is also in the role of parent. And the cool thing is in family constellation therapy work, we work in the energy field of the family system. But the thing that blows my mind, and I've been doing this work for so long, and I've worked with, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of family systems by now. But what still blows my mind is that it really changes things in the external world as well. I've heard of that. Ridiculous. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it, but every single time my client says, oh my God, my biological mom um, sent me a phone call and I've never talked to her since my adoption. Wow. Or all of a sudden a parent seeks out treatment for their addiction or all of a sudden, you know, in my case, just recently, I discovered that I had two older sisters. It's like two sisters just fell out of the sky. So it's like, we start to heal some little, seemingly little dynamics, but it ripples out throughout the family system. It's not just that you find peace and healing, but everybody else in your family system is also able to find peace for themselves. Wow. That's really fascinating that how that happens. When, so what is like the, the client's role in this? Like, um, do they, cause I know, I, I know that I've heard of like groups and stuff. Like I've never been to one, but I've heard that like a little bit of how it works. Um, is it that the client kind of embodies their family members in a sense? That's such a good question. You already know a lot about family constellations. I guess I know more than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes you just pick up little bits here and there, and you're like, oh, it's this Mm -hmm. thing. So traditionally, family constellation therapy is done in groups. Like you just said, it's in-person workshops. And so one person brings their family system to a workshop, and then other people stand in for the family members. Mm. So this is a very trippy experience because... Even family members who are deceased or who are in jail or who, like, you you can do these healings without ever needing to be in the same room as your family system, which is amazing for many of my clients, myself included, because many of us have family members that either passed away or they're so abusive that we just can't be in the same room as them. And you can still find healing without needing to talk to them. Like, that to me was just one of the biggest perks because there were, there are so many people in my family system I just can't be in contact with. And so when you do a workshop, there's other people standing in for certain family members. So a very small constellation would be you as the child, somebody standing in as your mom, somebody standing in as your dad. And then the energetic field of your family system tells the people who represent your mom and your dad how to behave. So they start to say things, they start to move, they start to walk. It's so trippy and so cool and so fascinating. But the downside of those group things is that depending on the constellation, it can take a long time. And depending on the facilitation of the therapist, it can also be very traumatizing for people. Mm. So many of the topics my clients bring to me are war trauma or incest or just like very rough stuff. I also work with clients who don't have those very, um, you know, things that are that terrible that happen to them. But a lot of what we uncover in people's family systems are pretty rough things like murder and all that stuff that Mm. desperately needs to be resolved because it's not just you who, who's affecting you. It's also the generations before you. Um, And so 
the reason why I don't, so I don't do group workshops mm-hmm. because for the types of clients that I attract, it, I found that it, it was safer to just do it in a one-on-one setting. So instead of somebody, a person representing your family members, we use pieces of paper. So we use different props, which means that it's really just me and the client who are doing the constellations that whenever something comes up, that's very traumatizing. We make sure that nobody else takes this on. So if I place an outside person in the role of a murderer, that can leave some marks with that person who's just doing the representation. So just for my own peace of mind and wanting to make sure that nobody leaves my constellations feeling worse than they entered, I do it in a one-on-one way. So just generally, um, if you find, if you start Googling, like for those of you listening, you're like Googling, what's family constellation therapy? Where can I do this? Um, if you find a lot of groups stuff, um, really tune in with yourself. You know, is this right for me? And then if your answer is no, there are ways to do this in a one-on-one setting as well that might feel better for you. Wow. So is this like a process thing where people do it like multiple, multiple times? Like what a... Uh... How does that look? <laughs> I'm just so curious of all of this. Yeah, it's a great question. So one, I, I do one constellation per issue and that yeah. resolves it for good. Wow. So, so when I first do an intake and I get a client, I already get a feel of what the dynamics are in their family system. It can be rejection of mom. Um, they had an absent dad. They had, you know, a murder with Aunt Becky. There was um, an abortion that was never acknowledged. Maybe there's some more trauma if they're Jewish. You know, whatever it is, I kind of look at what are the major, like just the things where the sirens go off in my head, like the major things that need to be resolved. And then what's going on in their finances, what's going on in their in their love life, what's going on in their health. Like what are the big things, the big rocks that they just haven't been able to resolve on their own until now. And so I basically have like a list of constellations that need to be done, but every single constellation only needs to be done once. Mm. So depending on what somebody's symptoms are, it could be that it takes some time to work through all those constellations but it's not something that needs to be done over and over again. Wow. That sounds really powerful. It's fascinating. Yeah. Is there, are there other things that you share with people like in your audience and stuff like that they can do on their own as well on their like healing journey in general? Oh yeah. I could even guide everyone through a quick meditation right now. If you want to see your family system. That'd be cool. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. So I'll show you your family because why not? Perfect. So close your eyes. And if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. <laughs> I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> Perfect. So if it's safe for you to close your eyes, go ahead and do that. And then just picture a room. Any room that comes to mind is perfect. And then imagine walking into the room. And find a place to stand just wherever feels good. And then allow your biological mother to walk into the room. And she'll also find a place to stand. And then your dad walks into into the room and he also finds a place to stand. If you were adopted, you're also welcome to bring your adoptive parents into the room. And any siblings you have. And just for the simplicity of this meditation, we're just going to bring 
and your siblings who have the same mom and dad as you. So only your biological siblings. Your other siblings are really important too, but we have to do a little bit of a different thing with them. So just to keep it simple, just your biological siblings. The cool thing about family systems these days, there are so many patchwork families and it's really beautiful how families tend to get so big and interesting. So have a look around in the room and just kind of see where everyone's standing. And take a snapshot of the atmosphere. You might already get some insights as to what this might mean. All right, and then look around the room and try to identify the part of the room that represents the future. This can be an open wall, a window, a painting, a door. And then walk into the center if you're not already there and then turn to face the part of the room that represents the future. Perfect, and if it feels like you're just making it up, that's perfect. All right. So we're going to do some organizing so I can show you what a healthy family system looks like. So have your mom walk up to you, and she's going to stand behind your left shoulder. So your mom is going to be behind you and a little bit behind your left shoulder. So move her out just a tad. And take a moment to feel into what the right distance feels like for you and your mom. So maybe you need to create a little bit more space or she needs to be a little bit closer behind you. And you know that you found the right distance when it feels like your body can relax. So based on your relationship to your mom, it might also feel that this is really not comfortable. So in that case, you're welcome to draw a boundary on, around your mom. So it's just a red circle around the floor creating a boundary to make sure that you feel safer here. So we're working with the very best parts of your family members, the soul parts of them. But some of us have experienced a lot of trauma with some of our family members, and it just feels better to have them in a little bit of a boundary. All right, and then have your dad walk up to you, and he's going to stand behind your right shoulder next to your mom. And then place a boundary around him as well, if that feels appropriate. And also take a moment to find the right distance between you and your dad, making sure that you feel comfortable. And don't judge if them being very close is what feels best or if them being really far apart is what feels best. Just trust in your body's response. Like when that relief happens, it's usually when you found the sweet spot. All right. And then have your older siblings walk up to you and they're going to stand behind your left shoulder and your younger, uh, behind, uh, I'm now messing it up. So your older siblings are going to stand next to your, to your left, yes, and your younger siblings to your right. So you and your siblings are in one line in front of your parents. Now I got it. All right. So have your older siblings who are standing to your left in one line with you. Have them take just a tiny step forward. 
they're still in line with you, but it's like we're tilting the line at a diagonal. And then your younger siblings take a tiny step back towards your parents. So your younger siblings get to be a little bit closer to your parents because they're the younger ones. They still need a little bit more support. And your older siblings get to pave the way. They get to be a little bit further ahead. All right, and if you were adopted, you can just shuffle your biological parents a little bit to the side and then just place a second pair of parents behind you. And just take a deep breath. And feel what it feels like to be in this constellation. You might get some insights as to why your family system has been struggling. Most people who do this for the first time are noticing how they have been out of order with their family. So take a moment here and just breathe. Feel what it feels like to be in this constellation with your parents. All right, and for extra credit, start to lean back a little bit and see what it feels like to lean back into the support of your parents. And then behind your parents, start to visualize legions and legions of ancestors, just rows and rows of ancestors behind them, all the people who came before you. Without them, you wouldn't be here and just lean into that support. And there's a beautiful life force energy, a kind of love that's flowing through the family system. To start to breathe it in, it flows into you through your parents. Just breathe it in. So if there was a break in the bond between you and your mom or your dad, you probably missed out on some of that life force energy. Start to breathe it in. It's like we're putting some gas in the tank of your car, you know, the car that is you. We're filling you back up with this life force energy. If you have any body aches and pains, you can also fill yourself up in that area of your body. And so as you're filling yourself up, start to look into the future and see what that feels like. So the more you receive this love and support from your family, even if it's just energetic for now, the more fuel you will have to move forward and build your life. So from now, so from here, we could basically put your business in front of you or creative pursuits or your children. And then you could funnel the cypher's energy into those things. So it's really about opening up the channels of life first energy so you can be fully resourced. You kind of have the juice that you need, the energy that you need to have an awesome, awesome life. All right, gently blink your eyes open. And you're welcome to stop the podcast and journal if that feels good. That was awesome. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I was like really there. <laughs> yeah, it's so fascinating. I don't think I'll ever get tired of this. It's so fascinating to me. And what I also noticed is that the more you do this, Sometimes people start to show up differently in the room and people rearrange themselves and you start to experience a deeper healing every time you do it. It's so cool. Wow. Do you have like, thank you so much for sharing that. 
That was awesome. Welcome. Do you have like, um, do you have like a guided recorded thing like that? I do. Yes. I can easily send that to you so you can offer it to everyone who's. Yeah. Or if you have a link that we could put in the show notes too, that would be cool. Yeah. Perfect. I'll definitely send it to you. Yeah. This was awesome. I feel like we went through so many different things. Thank you so much for like really opening this up and, and teaching in the way that you have around all of this. There's like so much more to learn, I'm sure. And everyone listening, make sure you connect with Hannah, especially if this is like really deeply resonating with you. As you can tell, she knows her shit. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. So passionate. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Is there any last things that you would like to share with people? I think one last thing I might want to say is that, or at least I felt this way. So I oftentimes felt that my family system was so screwed up that it couldn't be fixed or I kind of downplayed, you know, it was more that I thought I couldn't be fixed and I downplayed the impact that my family had on me. Like I was more interested in getting business coaches and reading self-help books and using willpower and just kind of downplayed it all for a long time until, you know, it's like, story of my business is the universe just smacking me across the face and teaching me all those lessons I needed to learn. And so for me, a long, for a long time, I was kind of avoiding this work, even though deep down I knew it was something I needed. Mm-hmm. So I think just the last thing I want to say is as a result of my experience, I've developed this belief that healing your family and doing the family work is one of the most rewarding and the most spiritual things you can do. So if you going back to this common thing of rejecting a parent. So if somebody rejects their parent and it wreaks havoc in their lives and they try to yoga it away, that's kind of the easy way out because finding peace with our families is not an easy thing to do, but I really find it the most rewarding. Mm. So if any of your family systems are kind of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, we want some healing, you know, whether that's with me or any other family consultation therapist, like there's so many people out there doing this work. It's just, if your family system is tapping you on the shoulder and it feels like that's really the thing that it's like the missing piece because hypnosis and all those things, like they do work. It's just, they don't work when your foundation isn't in order. It's like trying to build a house on quicksand. Your family Mm -hmm. system needs to be in place for your life to work. So it's just a little bit of, you know, of a good talking to that I want to give to those of you who are like me, who try to brush things under the carpet, even though your family systems could really probably use some healing. Mm, So powerful. So powerful. Thank you so much, Hannah. This was amazing. And I hope, you know, anyone listening, if you're deeply resonating, like I really hope you connect with Hannah and reach out to her. This work is clearly really, really powerful. And I'm about to go in the rabbit hole more looking into it myself because that meditation was super powerful. And I appreciate you for sharing that and for just showing up here and sharing with my audience and everyone. So thank you. So much for having me. It's always an honor for me to get to share about this work. It gave me my life back. So it's the least I could do. So I'm really grateful. So awesome. 
Well, have a good one. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.